everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Stackability AI. I'm your host, Austin Cornelio, joined by my co-host, Mike Taylor. How's it going, Mike? Another, I feel like I got to start a different way every every week, but uh, <laughs> I keep staying the same thing. I'm like, another crazy week, man. Another, another wild week in the world of AI. Yeah, once again. Well, good, good to be here with you guys today. So this episode I'm pretty excited about. Previous episode, we were talking a little bit about some AI predictions. You know, we're coming into the new year soon, wrapping up 2023 was definitely a super interesting year. I like to think about 2023 as it's kind of like the, 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 the birth of mainstream artificial intelligence, right? I think it's definitely was the year where everybody, you know, and their mothers, if they're really paying attention, at least could tell you what ChatGPT was and all of this general purpose, generative AI, you know, kind of topics were, were really first and foremost and, you know, in the front of a lot of news and, and everything. So I thought it would be cool to do a little thought experiment on today's podcast and, and think about, okay, fine. Like, I think it's safe to say that AI isn't going anywhere, probably going to get more and more embedded in the everyday products that we use. You know, you can see proof in that with the likes of the Gemini launch and, you know, this stuff is going to start creeping into everything, you know, it already has been, but now it's going to be really ramping up in my opinion. So if this is going to be the case, like what does the AI future look like? What could we, what could we expect? What could we plan for? Uh, so on and so forth. So, so that's what we're going to dive into in uh, today's episode. Yeah, there's so many, so many ramifications for these, uh, for these types of products, because in ways we can think of, in ways we haven't even imagined yet, it's going to be able to synthesize data in a way that we haven't seen before. You know, one of the big limitations, or even with the whole cryptology thing, is because we we have limited computing power, and you know, we're limited by the amount of energy we can create and how fast the you know, the CPUs are and all these limitations um, that are seemingly going to disappear one by one. You know, I could see how, I think I saw this week already that, you know, it uh, AI had solved for a math problem that should take, you know, hundreds of years to do on a computer and, and nobody could solve it. AI was able to do it. Uh, it do you remember what that was? I missed that one. Yeah, that was uh, that was just this week. It solved for this this puzzle, basically. And um, these are things that were not even you know in the periphery. It wasn't like AI was being created for that to solve for mathematical uh, problems. But then it becomes a it could be really become a problem when everything that we have is based on that math problem, and it could break encryption then and you know do things like that that have like far reaching ramifications uh, in every aspect of our lives because everything is protected with a password and if something or some type of encryption and if it could be bypassed quickly with uh, anybody could do it with an AI tool that's very dangerous. Yeah, well, not only that, but math is is everything, you know, mm-hmm. um, and that's that's one of the up until now probably even now until until we see some more advancements here 
you know, the uh, the GPT style AI is really not that good at math, believe it or not. You know, novel novel um, algorithms, cracking uh, cryptography and and cyber like any any anything that has to do with cybersecurity has cryptography behind it. And essentially, you're talking about like super complex math problems. So we're talking about something that can go in and make short work of any of those problems. Like, yeah, that's that's going to be an issue. Um, we're not there yet, at least not that I know of. There's there's been some rumorings around QSTAR and this whole thing about you know is that like the next generation of of AI algorithms that can actually really do serious math, you know, we'll see. But as soon as you're saying, I, I missed, you know, whatever headline you're talking about, it would be good to maybe link that, you know, once we find it and put it in the description, because that'd be pretty cool. But what does this mean, right? Coming into a new, a new AI year and more importantly, like, what are some of the things that we would have to wrap our brains around in order to kind of realize this future. So one thing that I've been thinking about really heavily over the last few days is, and it's often kind of unmentioned surprisingly, but everything really revolves around energy, right? You know, you, you can make the argument that you really can't have any sort of productive contributing industrial environment without energy. Like you need energy to do everything. If we took away the energy right now, you'd have nothing, right? One thing about AI is it requires a lot of energy. So if you think about, okay, fine, you know, we have we have generative AI right now, and it's good at a lot of things. It's pretty expensive. It's expensive to train it, and at scale, it's probably pretty expensive to run it. So that's why you see, you know, really a lot of I'd say limited use cases here, like. Sure, people are integrating into things and they're building things with it, but you know, no one has really using has used the AI technology that we have right now to basically spin up an entire like a hundred employees that are doing um, various things, right? Like it hasn't it hasn't gone to that level of replacement yet. So if it did, how would that work? Like from a from a from a cost standpoint how much would that cost energy wise compared to the people that are actually doing those jobs right well it's crazy because i just was reading that uh um sports illustrated is going full ai they're not even going to have writers anymore they're just going fully fully ai so you know that would be that's potentially something like that's potentially a lot of jobs you know, if you think mm -hmm. about the amount of effort and writing that goes into a, like a weekly 52 uh, time a year magazine, I mean, I don't know how, what their readership is, but you know, that's a, uh, that's a, um, a lot of people potentially that could just get whacked pretty quick, but you're right. Energy is, is the elephant in the room. I mean, it's funny that when we talk about Bitcoin, it's always framed around energy but nobody's really talking about AI and that energy consumption. Again, probably enormous. It's probably gonna have a whole fossil fuel <laughs> problem. People being mad at them for you know having too much energy or using too much you know energy and not being green enough and not being you know that kind of thing. But I think 
the the processing power and the amount of energy consumption is going to be the only thing that would limit where AI can go. Because at the end of the day, it's going to be GPUs that that need to be fed energy. And at a certain point, it's, it's probably going to hit a critical mass where we can't produce enough to make it worthwhile doing or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, well, I think that there's there's a problem with the fossil fuel aspect of it. You know, like, let's assume that we're subscribing to the thought that we don't have an abundance of energy supply right now. I think last time I, I did some research on this, there's something like maybe a century worth of coal, which is a lot, don't get me wrong, but oil reserves are estimated to be maybe a few decades, right? And, and until those really start becoming completely depleted. But can you can you run a super futuristic, high tech, low latency AI universe off of coal? Like, right. you know, it, it, it kind of goes against the, the whole the whole thing. Like there has to be there has to be different ways. So I just kind of don't see it really scaling on top of our current infrastructure from like a power standpoint as it stands right now. It's like obviously super antiquated, you know, it's, it's owned by dinosaur companies, you know, that are making tons of profit off of oil drilling and, and supplying fossil fuels to the customers in the world. How does, how do you think that whole thing plays out? Like that's really where my mind starts to, you know, get lit on fire because you're saying, okay, like now, like what the, those companies aren't just going to like go away, you know, and I don't see them working on any, any sort of futuristic plays in, in the, the energy department. So, I mean, what do you think? I think uh, I just solved it. It's actually, it, I just looked it up. It was like $9 billion for a small nuclear reactor. You know, you just get you know, OpenAI just gets a, a nuclear reactor that they have, you know, access to to use all of their energy for the remainder of, of its so you think nuclear? Yeah. Nuclear would be the way to do it. Nuclear. You just put a power plant, you know, just get one. You know, you build, you build one and you're the only customer, you know, and it just, that's it. You know, as much energy as you could possibly ever need, you would have. I think that, you know, a lot of these things, you know, they just opened like the first nuclear reactor in Georgia, for the first time in like 50 years. And these mm -hmm. things are like way more advanced than the, those machines that, you know, were running power plants. Yeah, they were built in the 60s and 70s, these things, you know? So you got to imagine the technology is so much better. So yeah, you, sure. you, you could have multiple nu nuclear reactors in different places and it would probably wouldn't take that many to give enough power, especially to, if you if that's there, it's dedicated to only doing that, that'd be, you know, you'd be selling off the power, you know, just because you wouldn't need that much until you do. Right. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a good point. I think that that would definitely be an option. So maybe like, let's keep an eye on that because I do think that someone's going to have to get creative with the, with the power situation, you know, I think it would be cool if someone would bring back Tesla's thinking about, you know, harnessing energy at any point from like, from like the atmosphere, right? Yeah. Via something like zero point energy or something, you know, along, along that line would be pretty cool. Yeah. I think maybe that's something that AI would be able to kind of help us with because that's something that all the information is out there, but it's been suppressed for so many years by these, you know, special interests who, you know, they're trying to protect their, their copyright. And I remember there was like a, 
a, a monsters like years and years ago. Um, and grandpa found these pills or created these pills that you put in a gas tank with water and it turns it into gasoline. And, you know, the, the, the gas company brought them in for a meeting and then just bought the uh, patent from them basically. And then, Put it on the shelf you know it's like they're you know, like a, that was like oh that's it you're and you know like that's the best case scenario there's probably people getting whacked and you know every I, there's a guy that you know invented uh how to drive his car with water and he's having breakfast with his brother and and he gets a cranberry juice and he takes a sip of the cranberry juice he runs outside and literally dies of poisoning and his last words are they got me. They poisoned me. <laughs> and so, you know, these things, this is, this is anecdotal, of course, but, you know, these things have happened. And uh, I think we all know it, uh, that, you know, it seems like every time somebody comes up with an invention that's going to threaten one of the big businesses, they don't stick around too long. But, you know, there yeah. are people out there and the technology is out there. I mean, getting your engine to run on hydrogen is not very difficult. It really just requires a, a, an electrical charge to separate the hydrogen out from the, the water in the H2O. And that's basically what it does. It, 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 it's called electrolysis and it like splits the atom so that the hydrogen goes one way and the water goes the other. And you just fill up a tank and you have your water and the water turns into hydrogen and then, you know, you run in your car on it. So that kind of technology has existed for a while. And I think that uh, Porsche is coming out with a car that's supposed to run on water or something. Yeah. Their special water, I, of course, but I, I haven't heard about the the Porsche attempts in it. I I do know that I think uh, Toyota, uh, Toyota or Honda, I can't remember, are basically putting all of their eggs in in that basket, which I think is good. I, I think I think that it, it's a bit better in better than electric in a lot of ways, right? You you're you're able to still have a combustion engine, my understand, and you're just changing yeah. the fuel source so it's not like you're you're completely overhauling the entire drivetrain you're like okay you know we have this engine that right now is burning gasoline or diesel maybe but let's tweak it a bit and modify it and turn it into you know the engine that you're describing which i think is pretty cool and you know if we're able like we can use this as kind of a positive thing i think in terms of the whole ai conversation because I do think it's going to push people to start working on really taking this sort of technology, you know, more and more seriously and, and mass producing it and giving, you know, more options here when it comes to the energy that we have, you know, at our fingertips in order to power things. So, Yeah, I think that part is exciting because if the energy conversation changes, people start realizing that nuclear isn't as scary as as you think it is and i think that's a reliable consistent source of, of energy that's something that it would be a, a logical next step green movement has taken over and you know it's more of a a frenzy a hysteric frenzy than it is a, you know a conscientious thoughtful move you know nobody's talking about the actual costs of things they're only talking about the price that they get it for so there's human. oil is is at the end of it like you're it, it's that's like what like makes me so frustrated about the whole thing like listen i love i love cars i'm a huge car fan and i think teslas are are really cool some of them are, are really quite awesome and I, i'd probably buy you know a few of them but 
that's not the point. The point is, is like there's still fossil fuels being burnt at the end, at, at the end of that chain, right? So oh, yeah, you can't you, like every every step of the chain. You know, one of the interesting things I I heard today was that even if we got rid of all of the combustion engines and the gasoline cars, and we would still 60% of the oil that we pull out of the ground goes to other products. Exactly. Only 40% is actually used in combustion engines. So 60% exactly. are used in plastics and food additives and whatever else, you know, Vaseline, you know, anything that has petroleum jelly, anything is all side of products of, of the oil. So even if you just replace the, the actual combustion diesel and, and oil and got rid of that stuff, they would still have to pull it out of the ground for all the other things. And then what yeah, would they do? Exactly. Yeah, what would they do with the gasoline then? They're just going to like pour it in a river? Yeah, <laughs> light know? it on fire? Like, exactly. Yeah, like this is the sort of thing, you know? Yeah. But to your point, you know, with the electric vehicles and those kind of things, there's nobody's measuring the real cost down the line when you're talking about slave labor in the Congo and you're talking about anybody who's mining lithium that they're just they're slave labor and then that whole thing gets you know how much fuel are they using and how much all of that stuff and then shipping it and getting it and storing it and then processing it into something useful that's all that's why the electric cars you, it takes 10 years for you to break carbon even on, a, on an electric yeah. vehicle. And how many of these cars are going to last 10 years? If the battery, if the Tesla batteries only have an eight to 10 year shelf life, you're not going to take a 10 year old car and change a battery when it costs the same as a new car. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like the, the appreciation curve is going to be ridiculous. Um, you make a good point about the cost of things. So I'm wondering if, if, Given all of this that we're talking about, I'm wondering if we have pretty much everything priced completely wrong because we're not taking into into account, you know, all of the detriment, you know, that some of this stuff pays. Because if I was to say, okay, fine, I'm going to buy this car that, that burns whatever. And then let's say that it's older. I bought it 10 years ago, 15 years ago, whatever. Maybe it's not as environmentally friendly. Like you weren't pricing in the damage, obviously, that that's doing to whatever environment. And you can make that case with a lot of different things. So there's a whole other conversation to be had about, about that. And like what happens if like you take that whole thing out of the equation because you don't have to anymore. Right. You're not to begin, you're not taking that into consideration to begin with. But now, like you have a fundamentally different sort of power source that's presumably cheaper. You know, that's when it really starts to get quite interesting, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm with you. And I think that nuclear stuff and the, the stuff that's that is actually renewable, the nuclear is it's a re, is a renewable energy. It's not it's a, it's an actual really good solution that just got kind of slandered into into nothingness over the last 50 years because there was a couple of scares 
but the stopgap is that. I mean, not that you're going to have a nuclear reactor in a car. You don't need that. We already have a solution for that. But to uh, be able to create enough energy to where the processors would be able to process, you know, consistently over time, then things start getting really interesting in terms of what AI might be able to do. Because in my mind, up until we started talking about this, I was thinking of, well, at least there's a limitation, you know, we can only produce so much energy and it's going to be, but then all of a sudden I realized, wow, like at $9 billion, that's nothing. It's nothing. I'm surprised they, they haven't done it already. It would just make sense. Yeah, I mean, OpenAI is valued at 10 times that just alone, and it's not even a, like hardly a profitable company. So, right. <laughs> what does that tell you? So, there you go. I mean, it's a, <laughs> yeah, right. But some of the other cool things that there are cool things that um, I think are coming that I'm excited about. And I think solving for problems like this is one of the things that I think AI is going to be really, really good at. What's a solution for this problem? They might be able to come up with it and it might be something for energy the same way. And maybe there'll be a way that we could power, get enough power to these things to be able to do and have them AI eventually doing surgeries or doing things with robots and surgeries and things that'll, you know, really be advanced in, in medical science. Um, That'd be cool. Yeah. So many people die in hospitals because of human error. At some point, probably be unethical for a, a human doctor to make really important decisions. Well, like I said last episode, uh, as soon as you know, hospitals and, and, and medical facilities and doctors, etc., are able to completely bypass any notion of of um, malpractice. Or, you're, or being sued for medical malpractice, like, I mean, the amount of money that can be saved there alone, like, yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna become, it's gonna become illegal, probably for a human to do most of the stuff, right? because it all comes down to, to, to the to the bottom line, right? I, I mean, that's all that matters, unfortunately. Like, I hate to have to think about it that way, but until like that isn't the case, it's the case. Yeah, we're like, yeah it, we're. We're still in the, the, you know, the growth mode, as they say, in terms of our human evolution. We're not nearly topped out. And I always think of like whether you're a, a um, type of a Star Trek person or you a Star Wars person. And the, the Star Trek people and that story tend to be a little bit more optimistic. They are you know, living in a completely integrated society everybody everybody's good we're out here exploring you know finding new things new adventures then there's the death star on the other side where it's you know the rebels fighting against the evil empire i can see both sides of that at, at different days and i feel that you know when i'm feeling more optimistic i think i'm more of a trekkie and then then other days i go down a rabbit hole and it's like oh no <laughs> this this is what's happening isn't it but uh, yeah. the, the one world order and or the uh, the way that the Star Trek Earth experience was formed formed in there was uh, seemed like a pretty cool place to live. <laughs> yeah, um, totally. And, and I think like you really when you start to look at it as just like the progression of the evolution of mankind, like then it really becomes to be like a holy shit kind of moment 
because I can tell you that up until now, like there's been no reason to think about it like that. There's no, there's no, there's been no reason for me to think about where are we on this journey as, as a, a species living on planet earth, right? Like obviously we've, we've come from like, you know, we've progressed through like being hunters and gatherers to people who can like build stuff, you know, the industrial revolution. Now, like this is a whole other thing that's unfolding. And I'll be honest, like I haven't really thought about it deeply up until like the last few years. But yeah, it's. Uh... Well, the, the WEF, they were the, that guy. He's the uh, not Klaus. He's like the second in command guy. He was talking about how very soon we're going to have a lot of basically in the way people. He was talking about how, you know, there's going to be a, a useless class is the, is the term he used. It's going to be a, like a class of people who are now absolutely useless to the world. And I was because like, because they can't provide anything. Like, what do you mean by that? Like, yeah, what is that actually? Like, what's the definition of that in, in this person's words? Well, that's the that's the thing. That's what this trying to figure out what to do with all these people that don't have their skills are no longer needed. So how are they going to contribute to society? If you get rid of every low wage worker, we don't have any truck drivers, we don't have taxi drivers, we don't have anybody who necessarily needs to work in some of these jobs. If if those jobs go away, what do those people with low skills do? And well, that's. I mean, I think that could be a bigger number than than just a, like this non-producing part of the civilization. I like. I, I would. I mean, so there is this um, gentleman from the uh, IMF that wrote a piece recently. I forget the guy's name, but he goes into this sort of thing quite deeply. I'll have to. I think we should do a whole episode on this because I think okay. it. I mean, it warrants more than just like a like a like a bullet point here, but. The point is, is he he lays out a whole thing around what would happen, right? And his 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 basically like prediction over the next like five to ten years, and essentially in the lens of how quickly, if we stay on the course of breakthroughs and you know new technology in terms of any of this AI, like it's gonna it's gonna be. Like each, like every six months, every year, like there's going to be another, another major step forward. So that could only equate into, he's, he's estimating like five, 10 years, like the majority of the workforce could be completely overtaken by AI in that short amount of time. And this is someone from the International Monetary Fund looking at this. So clearly it's, it's on the radar of people like this, which is which is, I guess that's, that's a good thing, I would think. Um, but it was pretty shocking to hear that, you know, in his opinion, this could be five, 10 years off, which is nothing. I mean, that's, that, that five years goes by like that, right? So we already have, you know, the robo ta- taxis starting. They're, they're, you're using the, um, the trucks on those long calls. They have those, they, they've been testing the trucks to do those, you know, long haul drives across the country. And, you know, that's, you know, that's happening now. So, I mean, to scale up, to say if it took five years to scale up, that there's going to be mostly robot trucks and mostly robot taxis. So truck drivers 
aren't going to be needed the way they were. Neither will taxi drivers, essentially, as quickly as as um, they can roll something like that out. It's going to happen. So I, I think five to ten years is probably right because it'll take time to to build and you know that many new cars, new vehicles. They're not going to you know stop overnight, but it's yeah, it's, it's coming. It's interesting though because people freak out around autonomous cars, and you know every time they try an experiment with one of these autonomous cars, like it fucks up or it like stops in the middle of traffic, and everyone freaks out. Which is kind of insane because on the other hand, you'll have no problem with having like pedophiles, you know, run rampant on like social media, <laughs> and like no, but that but but that's not a problem, right? Like this is the sort of thing that just blows my mind, right? Uh, it's the priority is you're so completely fucked. Yeah. It's what there's no money in it. I don't know. You know, or the people yeah, who money know, are the, the ones thing, who are, like... yeah, the people who, who are doing it are the ones who are in power. So it's, uh, yeah, it's their bag. It's their thing. But, uh, I think with, yeah. uh, in terms of the, you know, just getting back to the AI stuff, I think there's a lot of potential if it's you know, done right for people to have access to information that they might not have even thought about or considered and i mean our conversations go that way i didn't really think about when you start talking about the future it it changes it's constantly going to be different and you know we go back and forth on the good the risks versus the rewards and they're in the short term the rewards are going to be great i think in in a lot of ways but yeah there, there probably, is risk. probably it's it's the long term situation that really gets freaky and as much as much as i'd love to subscribe to all of these people who are like yeah abundance like human beings aren't going to be working and like i just i can't like, i think that's complete insanity because in order to achieve that like we'll have to completely fundamentally change as a species because the only thing that matters i honestly do feel this way at, at the core like we are who we are as a civilization right now because of the greater powers that be and you know business and capitalism and like like it or not just without it is like the, especially if you live in the united states or any like western territory like this is the way that it is so companies that are just profiting hand over fist at the the cost of society like how like nothing that that's that behavior isn't going to change right and the people that are most guilty of that are the ones pushing this whole thing into motion like you ask anybody off the street i, I guarantee you, you go and you survey 20 people and you ask them what they think about ai and if it's a good idea i like the the majority of i think population they don't even care. Like they don't, it's not, they're not even thinking about it. They're like, why would I want that? Why would, why would right. I want a machine to take my job? Why would I want this? Like they don't care. So yeah. like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think it's true. I think that when, if you ask the average person anything about AI, they don't understand how it's being used or they, or they just think of what they saw in the movie and it's going to be bad. You know, nobody, nobody wants robots with AI <laughs> until you're, you need a surgeon <laughs> and you all of a sudden, yeah. you know, 10 years from now when these robots are look more and more real, it's, it's going to be really, really wild because right now it's in its infancy, but you know, we saw, you saw the X 
the new X robot and uh, that Elon Elon Musk's robot. It's like looks Optimus. like a, is it yeah, Optimus? Optimus, yeah. It looks like a like an iPhone. If it was <laughs> if an iPhone yeah. was a person, and then you also have the Boston Dynamics dogs, which are really really creepy. Those things. Yeah, those I, things I would love out. to see who's going to be able to get those things mainstream because the Boston Dynamics, I, like that's an interesting company because they've been at this forever, right? I mean, that's definitely not a new a new thing. Elon's robots are pretty crazy. The humanoid ones, it's hard to tell how many of the clips you see online are really like, like real or not. Like I saw one the other day where like three of them are unloading like rounds into like a new cyber truck. And it's actually <laughs> pretty funny that one of them gets out and he's like cheering and the other one's like, yeah, dude. And then like, they're just like unloading all this like heavy ammunition into the side <laughs> of like a new cyber truck. And I'm like, like, is this even real? Like, I don't even know at this point. So that's kind of like one of the things. It's, it's, it's really well done. A lot of people thought it was fake, but yeah, like I, I, that's, that's going to be a whole, a whole nother can of worms once we're able to have robots like living in our houses affordably. Well, how crazy that, yeah, how crazy is that? That, that shows you how good the AI is getting that they could go and create a video like that yeah. and it not be real. That alone is incredible. Forget about like whether the robots actually did that, which you know would be, which would be another different level of wow. But if they, the AI alone being able to make something that we're questioning whether or not it's real, is, well, is even, pretty even wild. Even if humans made it, like it's still it's still completely plausible for someone just to like sit down and like like use CGI. I mean, like you know what I'm saying? Outside of AI. Uh, there, there's always the possibility, especially in Silicon Valley, you know, there's this whole concept of faking it till you make it. Well, what about the, what about the newscast? That newscast, uh, fully one. AI, yeah, it was fully AI news, newscast. Yeah, yeah. And it was fully generated by AI and AI anchors who you couldn't even tell, whatever. You could probably... I could I mean, tell though, there's something you know with this kind and that's why i think i think that you can tell cgi that was composed by human beings with the aid of really good technology 3d applications etc mm -hmm. and fully autonomous ai and i'll tell you what always stands out to me it's like it speaks to my inner being and i just know that it's fake it's got this absence of whatever human like attributes are just completely not there it just feels cold and it feels like completely lifeless that's like the best way that i can explain it and mm -hmm. it's not really like a it is kind of a visual thing because i think that like there's this weird like kind of like cold warmth to it it's the, it's the weirdest thing i've ever experienced but i i, I picked up on it a few times you know when i see this this sort of ai generated stuff and maybe human just humans just know it's like their spidey sense starts to go off and you know, i'm not everybody because a lot of people are going to get completely duped by this stuff but like the the really like in tune ones might be able to have some sort of like radar for this crap but yeah it's uh regardless it's insane like that, that's a whole nother topic <laughs> well uh, yeah well austin the just quickly if you think about now the way we look at things like you know if you ever have a friend on instagram and they put a filter on 
you know, you're always like, what, what the heck is that? Like, you know, but if you're 20 and you've never seen a picture without a filter on it, that yeah, exactly. Gonna, That's the whole thing. You know, they they they're all filtered. They're all have something. So now it's almost like they're trained to not have that same radar that we had because you know we spent so much more time face to face and spending time you know in each other's presence when we were kids that we get to feel how it feels to be around other people. And now that that kids nowadays are being robbed of that largely, unless you live in a in a city where you can mm-hmm. have friends that are close and, you know, have those things. But most of the time, everything's such a controlled operation with parents and kids, everything's, you know, monitored and they know exactly where they are and they know exactly what's going on. And they're, you know, only spending time with their family really. And not so much getting that, getting that vibe going. I think there's a lot, there's a lot of that stuff that we had growing up not being allowed to stay in the house. We always had to be outside. We were always running around. We're always playing, doing those things that these kids today don't necessarily get a chance to do as much. And I think that that's where that intuition gets honed. It all comes down to parenting because in a lot of ways, like go outside, like why, why not go outside? Right. I, I wish more parents would do that, but you know, everyone's so busy and um, whatever consumed in other crap but yeah let your kids go outside yeah (laughs) for sure all right well you know i think that that does it for this week's episode so what do you guys think you know let us know um what do you think think of my nuclear reactor idea (laughs) yeah a a what do you think about nuclear and b what do you think uh the future looks like so Drop us some uh, comments. Appreciate it. Also, feel free to subscribe to the channel. Like us. Helps us out a lot. Continue growing this podcast. And until next time, adios. Adios. Adios.